Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Josh McDonald from Mad News, and you're listening to the NGEN podcast recorded at Forbes Street Studios. In this monthly podcast, we'll talk to some of the industry's up-and-comers about the issues facing young media professionals across Adland. Today, I'm joined by uh, Bohemia Group duo and media category winners of the 2018 APN Outdoor Australian Young Line competition, Caitlin West and Miles Haslam. How are you guys? Hey, hey. Woo! First of all, congratulations. Thank you. How does it feel? You feel like the minor celebrities now in the media world? Is it um, just Twitter followers going <laughs> through the roof? Not hugely, but <laughs> not, LinkedIn not followers. LinkedIn followers. Link- oh, LinkedIn yeah. followers. I've got to get above that 500 plus. Um, I guess we'll just dive straight in. Talk us through a little bit about being named winners there at the Opera House and then the lead up into Cannes. How did you prepare? How did you get ready? Um, well, I guess the actual night of being named winners was pretty insane. Uh, it was one very, very special to get to present at the Opera House. It was, um, as a Sydney kids, it was a bit of a dream come true for us. And then, yeah, the night was really lovely. We had all of our bosses there. We had our managers there. And then the actual announcement, they sort of announced it like three, two, one. So when they said the names of the people who came second, I just, my heart just started beating. I think I turned my head into Miles's jacket and just kind of screamed internally. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a pretty cool moment. Yeah. It was all just a bit of a whirlwind. Like you find out you're the winner and then three weeks later you're on a plane. So I don't think it really kind of sunk in until we were in a hotel in Cannes looking out over the beach and the the mountains and just being like, what is going on? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was, it was pretty amazing. The whole, the whole night I like called my parents, my mum was crying. I still don't really think that she knows what I was doing, but like she was very happy for me. So, but, um, Prep-wise, we didn't really, as Miles said, we kind of were on a plane three weeks later, so we didn't really get a lot of time to prep. And naturally, anyone listening to this knows that um, media agencies are pretty busy places, so it was kind of just about preparing, putting everything in place so that we could jet off that quickly, which was, I guess, thanks to our bosses for letting us do that. (laughs) Yeah, I think really the only prep I did was just looking at previous uh, Young Lions media winners. So I had to look at some of the ones from last year and then winners uh, from different national competitions, Canada, the US, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, didn't pick out your like best shorts, best going out shorts, and like that. Or no. oh, I've got a few flashy <laughs> new shirts, you know. I I um I think I did like a online twenty four hour express order the night before I left. So that's that's my level of prep. Uh, a... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what was the first twenty four hours like after landing? What was first impressions? It was pretty much straight into competition mode. We yeah. had a couple hours to acclimatize, but. Uh, you know, we were really basically just in a room nutting out a brief for the next 48 hours. So 
really, I'd say the first 24 hours started day three, um, and that's when we actually were jumping around the festival, going and seeing talks, catching up with people, getting on a yacht, you know, just though that 24 hours was surreal. You're just in the south of France, all the big wigs are there. It's just amazing. Yeah. Khan is, Khan is just another world. Mm. Um, it's, I don't think I've ever really seen anything quite like it as far as how many amazing minds you have in the one spot and they can be so inspirational professionally one moment and then everyone's just smashing the rosés the next. So <laughs> it, it's honestly another world. Yeah, I was about to say, well, we will definitely come back to that brief, but you know, in, that, uh, <laughs> in those uh, 24 hours, I guess, of fun time, let's say it, call it that, um, you know, anything particular you saw that was really stand out from the, you know? Uh, um, I saw a talk by a guy called Scott Galloway, who's a professor at NYU, and his was sensational. It was one, he was an amazing public speaker, but two, it was about, about basically how we need to be more aggressive and treat the big corporations like Google, Apple, Facebook with less revel revelry and more actually going at them. He was talking more about the behind-the-scenes machinations of them, and it just kind of made everyone in the audience stop and go, oh, yeah, what's going on there? And, yeah, it was just a very interesting talk. It's called Observations of a Bystander. He's got a book about it, but definitely something I'm going to read and follow in. Yeah. Were you converted after that little speech? That little, yeah, uh, so yeah. I'm not going to do it justice if I try and explain <laughs> it. But um, the rationale, he basically goes from there were 10,000 people that stormed Normandy and there were 50,000 people that put a man on the moon and now we've got uh, 650,000 people trying to put Kia ads on your, your, new, your news feed. So it's a very different – and these are the most you know intelligent, creative, and financially backed people of all time and they're – sell an ad so it's a very weird kind of paradigm shift yeah. is what he was talking about yeah okay. um this oh you've you've done a really good job of making me sound <laughs> far less intelligent with what my favorite talk was i actually went one of the best talks i went to was hosted by covergirl and droga 5 um and it was about redefining femininity in sort of the me too era and sort of talking about how women because i think there's kind of a push for femininity when people sort of go against it, it means like, oh, you can't be feminine and that's sort of against femininity if you choose to be feminine. But it was about sort of saying that you can be both and that that has a place in society and kind of working out what that means in an era where women are feeling much more empowered to actually stand up for themselves and say, I am who I am and I'm proud of that and you can't take that away from me. So, yeah, it was actually a really probably not so like professionally inspiring but really personally inspiring talk. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And I mean, so what did you learn from those sort of experiences? You know, I guess, you know, did it sort of change your mindsets a little bit about, you know, Adland and, you know, the role that you have? Um, I think one of the main things that I took away from the whole week and particularly actually one of the best parts of Khan is actually being able to go underneath the palais and you see all of the work that's been submitted and shortlisted and what's won awards. And that was the most inspiring place, just wandering around there for hours, um, going and checking out all of these incredible campaigns. But in terms of what the industry can actually do, I think it just reaffirmed my feeling that this is a very, very powerful industry with the with the actual backing to make real change. And yeah, sometimes I know it doesn't always feel like we're making waves when we're selling retail and things, but you do actually sometimes get those opportunities. For example, I saw a campaign that was run out of uh, Poland and they were having issues with deforestation and their government was not listening to the fact that they wanted to protect this particular forest. So 
the creative agency actually turned the entire forest into a Minecraft simulation. <laughs> like, sort of had this whole hype about the Minecraft simulation. Everyone went in and checked it out, and it was this, like, brick-for-brick brick simulation of the actual forest. And just when, like, that hype was at its peak, they completely changed the simulation so there was only one tree. And I'm pretty sure the actual campaign was called, like, One Tree Standing or, like, The Last Tree Standing or something. And it was so powerful and it sort of created so much um, momentum underneath that as like a grassroots campaign that they actually ended up protecting the forest, which is a very long way of saying, sorry, um, that it is an industry that if you put your sort of like, as Miles said, there are so many brilliant minds in this industry and it's not always just about selling things. Sometimes you can actually sort of do things that really make an impact on the world. And I think that kind of re-inspired me. Yeah, there was a talk about how brands could actually replace governments in terms of uh, kind of civic responsibility in creating civic or cultural change. Um, one example was the Nike Sydney campaign, where they're for the um, same-sex marriage vote, tick yes, obviously incorporating the swoosh as the, the ticking of yes. Um, but I think it just reaffirmed the, the industry, what thrives in this industry is bravery and courage, the bravery to put out ideas that may be controversial, may be standing out there, but ultimately that's the work that does win awards and that's the work that makes a difference for both uh, cultures and brands. Mm. And what did you think of the sentiment over there? There was a lot of conversation back here, you know, a little bit about is Khan still working? You know, there was a drop-off in sort of, you know, interest, that sort of thing. What did you find the sentiment was um, while you were over there? We don't really have a, yeah, a frame of reference to, <laughs> to say all over our many experiences in Khan. I um, think it would be quite hard to sort of judge as two little bright-eyed mm. Australian media buyers to go and sort of work out whether Khan still has a place in the whole industry. Um, I thought there was amazing work yeah, and I had I an amazing it. time, so <laughs> I, I really it. can't yeah. fault it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it sticks around. I want to go back. Yeah, sure. And I guess let's tackle that 24-hour brief because even thinking at it at a local level sounds pretty daunting, um, but going at this internationally, I imagine the pressure was pretty high. Uh, first 24 hours would have been pretty tense. Uh, take us through, I guess takes through that first yeah minute and then all the way to the end of it. Let's just walk our way through it. So we got briefed at 9 or 10 a.m. on Monday morning, having flown in uh, late night. on Sunday evening. Yeah. Um, so it was very much all stations ago. We got the brief, went straight back, and we were just like trying to smash it out in our hotel room. The benefit in Cannes was actually it was more kind of like a 36-hour brief versus Sydney was a flat 24 hours. So I think we kind of felt a little bit more relaxed from the timing perspective. Um, when we were having creative blocks, we went and sat in our pool by the <laughs> French Riviera to get rid of our creative blocks. So it, was, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, in saying that, when you you then, the, the, the second day you have to submit by 5 p.m. and you go into this room and everyone's working in the same room, kind of like an old school, like year six computer lab. That's where it starts to get daunting because, yeah. like, you start to kind you can, of, you know... You can sort of suss what the other teams are doing and you can see where they're mm. going and you can see how stressed or calm they are and it start, you start thinking about what they're doing and you, it, was, it was hard in that moment to sort of just focus on our own work and I think that's kind of at halfway through that day we kind of just had to pull ourselves and be like, it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. We're, we, like, we have our idea, we're going to submit our idea, just get ours done, yeah. How'd you block out that noise too? It would have been quite hard. You know, I think you know, no matter where you go, you can see someone else's project is looking, you know. <laughs> yeah, and you're not supposed to look at it. But I mean, these are the yeah. guys you're competing with. So you are trying to get a peep. Like, you know, everyone <laughs> in that room is trying to peep on everyone else's work. Um, 
I don't know, I just plugged into some music and just kind of got on with it and just tried to focus down. I think time, the closer you got to submission deadline, the more you were able to just kind of block it all out and be like, right, need to focus on my own stuff. Yeah. And I guess, uh, were the differences, did you notice differences in the way that other people were tackling it? Did you notice like, you know, well, you know, different, you know, I guess different continents had different ideals or, you know, was it pretty same samey? Um, well, we didn't actually get to see a lot of the other responses from the other teams. Mm. Um, we do have access to go and look at them now. So we've seen a, f- a couple of them, but I'm going to be honest, I haven't had a moment to actually go through and scroll through every single country's, um, in terms of actually like in the room together, it was quite sort of a nice community feel because everyone was in the same sort of stressed boat of, wow, we're representing our country. This is quite high pressure. And we made some good friends. We made some good friends with the Colombian team who we actually met up with again later in our trip. And yeah, it was, I don't really know about cultural differences, but it it was quite a community global feel when you're in there, which was nice. Fantastic. Yeah, we only saw a few examples of the work. Um, we saw the top three, and that was that was all we got to see. Um, yeah, from a from a kind of working together point, it was really interesting because everyone's obviously come in in the morning and was very tense. I think around two p.m., I think it was Croatia. Just kind of <laughs> it was it was dead silent in this room for like five consecutive hours, and this this big lovable Croatian bloke just stands up and is like, okay, everybody, I'm done. Goodbye <laughs> and good luck. And everyone in the room is like deadpan quiet. And then a few people start snickering and kind of like, in a, in a kind of nice, just like, I it cannot was just that not no, laugh at this. It was just that no one was expecting it. I'm not yeah. really sure that he had spoken to many people throughout the day. And just, <laughs> mm. it, was, well, it was very kind of him, I guess, to just wish us all well on his after, way out the door. I think door. after that, everyone started being more open and talking to everyone. And we started, as, as Caitlin said, we made some friends. We met at a, an event that night and also later on in Nice. So yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, good. Yeah, it was, it was a very friendly atmosphere. And uh, how did you find it different? I mean, besides the international pressure that comes with it, how did you find it different from the Australian one? You know, how did you? Um, I guess our way of working was quite different because in Sydney, we were able to sort of go back to our office, write out with all of our big paper, cover the walls with our ideas, nut out the strategy and do all of that thing. But in France, it was a lot more, um, I don't know, controlled, I guess. We We sort of didn't really have that working space and things but I would actually say and I think this is something that Miles and I have discussed before uh, we actually found the Sydney briefing a lot more high pressure than Khan wow. yeah because um, I guess at the end of the day one is the first time that you're going into that 24-hour brief idea and it's that's quite an that's quite a daunting thing to take on um, and you haven't experienced that you don't know how you're going to react to it so doing that in Sydney for the first time, I guess by the time we had gone to Cannes, we're like, well, you know what, we've done this before and we did it quite well, so we'll be okay this time. And also when you're in Sydney, you have the the opportunity to win a trip to Cannes. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so it's pretty high pressure if you, if you don't... Yeah, you're playing for the prize. It's you're one in three prize. as well. Yeah. One in three. So, you know, it's very, very tangible. Yeah. Whereas this at Cannes... This was like one in 32 countries. Yeah. So we... As much as like, obviously, yes, we would have liked to have won, which we didn't... Um, at the end of the day, you're kind of, it was just a privilege to be there. Mm. Um, so that's kind of the attitude that we took. So it was a little bit, we took some of that pressure off ourselves because I think we thought if we, if we go in with that idea of like the weight of Australia on our shoulders, then we're not going to enjoy it. And at the end of the day, we wanted to, you don't do good work if you're not enjoying it. So, Mm. yeah. 
And uh, outside of your uh, own submissions, of course, mm-hmm. and I know you haven't looked at all of it, but what was some of the big, uh, big uh, pieces of work that really it was caught your eye? Funny because both of us left thinking that the team that came second should have come first, um, and mm. then we were talking with a couple of the other groups, and everyone kind of seemed to be aligned on that. So, yeah, so that was that was Belarus's work. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Um, and they they just had a really cool idea that really reframed the brief and essentially the product into an aligned category but a different category and they just had a really interesting way of looking at the brief and approaching it so I think I think we really loved Belarus's idea mm. yeah at one slide everyone in the room goes oh I get it brilliant yeah. wonderful yeah. It was and then just, everyone it was saw really the, simple the campaign that won and everyone's like oh don't quite get it and then we looked up the full deck and we were like still don't quite get it yeah so i guess i guess they must have had an amazing presentation or something the guys that won but yeah we really loved belarus's idea it was just really really simple the kind of idea where as any good idea should be when you look back you're like oh that makes sense Hmm. you're like that seems obvious so yeah i I really love belarus probably should ask the question too what was the brief (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah without going into too many details it's about um Mozilla Firefox, the the web browser, yep. which actually still exists. Yeah. I think everyone in the room, when they received that, it's like, oh, this is still around. Mm. And it was basically trying to bring that back to the fore. Yeah, sort of in like the whole digital privacy age, Mozilla, which I didn't know is actually a not-for-profit that sort of champions a healthy internet um, and doesn't on-sell data and things like that. So it was it was kind of trying to, yeah, bring back Mozilla as the champion of a healthy internet. So it, it wasn't quite the brief we're expecting, not going to lie. Um, but we did our best to we did our best to respond. I don't I don't think we quite cracked it, but you know that it, it was our first time trying it. So hopefully we might be back there next year and we can give it another go. And uh, sort of what were your what were your key takeaways from the whole thing? I mean, obviously there's presentation involved. There's you know there's tackling high pressure. What were sort of the things that you sort of I don't, you guys learned, but you took away from it. Went okay. There's something to improve here, or there's something that you know I can really work on. What's the well, from the brief? My biggest takeaway by by a long, long way was you don't just need to understand the brief. You need to understand the client's interpretation of the brief. Yep. And it's something we've never really thought about before. You get a brief, and it's drummed into us. You need to understand the brief. Be on brief. Respond to the brief. But we've never really thought about what does the client understand when they give you this brief. And that, I think, is something that played a, a definite role in the judging and something I've never thought about before, but is obviously very, very important. Yeah. And I think probably that's something that we consider less in a day-to-day set because we 
work every day with our clients and we know our clients. So we kind of have that natural intuition that we apply, whereas in a competition setting, it's quite different because you've never met these people before. And I think that's kind of a bit of a trick that we missed is that we answered the brief, but we didn't really tap into the mindset of the client. And yeah, that that's something that definitely would take back into not just competition briefs, but everyday, everyday, like, work, everyday yeah. work, just continually thinking about what is the client actually wanting out of this? What are they thinking when they've given this to us? Yeah. And I mean, you're back now, you've got just mountains of experience from this. Uh, <laughs> what advice can you give to the others looking to get over there? Besides don't try because we want to go back next year. Yeah, you have to enter, right? Yeah, enter. You absolutely have to enter. I was at an NGEN um, presentation earlier this year and there was a person from Initiative of One Young Lions in 2013 or 14 and he said, just enter everything. And I'd never even entered before. I'd been in media two years and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to enter this year. Why not? And three, four months later, I'm the, I'm in Khan. Like, that's pretty surreal. So I would say you got to enter. you got to take the time out and just put yourself out there and do it. Yeah, mm. and I think it's definitely in an industry where we are always so busy. It can be easy to just say, oh, I don't have time for extracurriculars, doing competitions, things like that. But this is the first time that, as Miles said, this is the first time that we've tried when – like I, I still have the email where I think one of our bosses had sent out like, oh, the Young Lions brief is out. Does anyone want to give it a go? And I have that email to Miles just being like, hey, let's have a crack at this. So, and as I, as Miles said, now we're sitting here and have just come back from Cannes. So honestly, if you don't enter, then how do you, how do you know kind of thing? So, and I, I think also apart from that, just in a day-to-day -day sense, really ask questions, like stretch yourself, practice creativity, creativity I. It, it's not just an innate skill. It's a practiced art. So things like that is just just kind of pushing yourself a little bit further. Don't just accept the everyday as your baseline and kind of see, see what else you can do, you know? Yeah. 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 I would say my only practical tip would just be super critical of yourself. Be your own toughest critic in that mm. sense. I think particularly the 24-hour brief, mm. you, you know, we put through a hundred ideas in, in the first six hours and every time we would tear them down until we got to one that we couldn't tear down anymore. I think not settling, just keep attacking your ideas until you can't attack them anymore. Yeah. And, a, and I think yeah. that's also, that comes with when you have a lot of trust in the person that you're working with. So Miles and I have worked quite closely. We both started at Bohemia. We both worked quite closely for two years. So if he would say something and I'm like, I don't get it. And I would say something and he's like, mm, I don't think that really makes sense. And so, yeah, just being really critical of your work means that you actually end up with something that you're both happy with it and if you're both happy with it then hopefully other people are too and if they're not then at least you were proud of it so yeah amazing and now that you're back breathing this terrible long con air which is just <laughs> dirty sydney air what do you do um i mean you've only been back two very days. cold it's cold yeah I bet, I bet that's the first thing you noticed when you got off the plane right i got home into torrential thunderstorms and i had just come from paris actually so it was it was a bit of a shock to the system. Did you guys extend the trip or what was the yeah, situation? Yeah, yeah. yeah. we yeah. Both, both spent a little bit of time there afterwards, which was nice. Have a little holiday. Yeah, just hung around in France or? Uh, we went down to Barcelona for a little bit. Nice. nice. Which was nice. Um, Miles actually did a year of exchange there a while ago, so. Just catching up with old friends, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, went up to Paris, so. Awesome. So what was the, what is the feeling like being home now? Uh, it's nice. You sort of get straight back into it. I was saying mm. it's it's one of those things, at least when you 
do come back from a really, really lovely trip and find yourself back at work, it kind of makes you realise, or hopefully it makes you realise, I'm like, oh, I really love my job because I actually don't mind the fact that I'm back, whereas most people would be like, oh, drudgery, have to mm. go back kind of thing. I'm like, oh, I feel very lucky that I have a job where I'm genuinely excited to go back and see the people I work with. So. Mm. Yeah, it's good yeah. to be back. Um, everyone I work with missed my my DJing and my music. They, they <laughs> that could... is an absolute lie. Miles's <laughs> DJing is atrocious. How bad were your classics? Uh, it's like eighties, nineties, Bruce Springsteen, Oasis. But I really don't mix it up beyond that. No, it's just yeah, <laughs> that's really just one wall and born to run. Just yeah. go back and forth. Then why bother? <laughs> but, but there's also no real consistency to it. It's like you just be listening to something, and then suddenly you've got some weird, like. You, you are listening to Oasis, and I love Oasis, and then suddenly you've got some weird early 2000s pop song comes on, and it's just, it's just, a, blink, a, it's yeah. just a mess. Oasis anyway. to Blink yeah. to, to Ellie Goulding. <laughs> it's, a, it's eclectic, I think the word is there. Mm. It's because um, you don't sit opposite him. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> <laughs> And so were there a lot of questions of you when you got back too? You know, did, was it immediately the seniors were like, so what'd you do? What, you know, what were you doing? Where'd you go? Uh, well, I actually got back in the first day that I was back, we had sort of like an all agency development day. So they, yeah, I had all of the senior people in the room and they wanted to hear about the brief and what we had done and just, yeah, they're all, they're all so supportive. They're all ha so happy and proud of us and kind of happy to see Miles and I take a holiday for once. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, it was really lovely being back. Yeah, I got back and went straight to a, a farewell party. So that was more about him, which was kind of a nice way to kind of slot in. Yeah, just um, slide in. <laughs> just yeah. slide in. I touched down at 6 p.m. and I was at the pub by 8 p.m. So Beautiful. It's, it's a great way to get back, to go straight out, you know. Go and watch the football. So what um, what you guys do now? Like, is there something that's, you know, did something click over there for you? It's like, Shh, I've really got to change or, you know, do I have to, you know, rethink everything? Like, what's the, uh, what's the feeling? Um... I think, I don't know, I think our answers might be different or they might be the same. But for me, two and a half years in, I keep, I kind of want to just keep exploring. I have no firm kind of uh, rabbit hole per se that I want to follow down. I think for me, it just reaffirmed, put yourself out there, have brave ideas, have bold ideas, be audacious and see what happens. Yeah, I think that's actually a pretty good answer. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I always kind of, I've, uh, sorry, words. Um, even though I work in media buying and planning, I'm actually sort of more interested long-term in strategy and mm -hmm. sort of that whole like branding, big ideas kind of thing. So it was just really cool to have that much inspiration at my fingertips and see really amazing campaigns and the way that people have thought about things differently, that they've taken an idea and they haven't just accepted it as the sort of obvious way to approach something. And so then, yeah, thinking of things in a really different way I really loved and it just really re-inspired me. So I wouldn't think that I'm doing anything differently about my career now that I'm here. I just kind of reaffirmed that I really love what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you mentioned a couple of those really good talks. Were there some other things out there that were highlights, you know? The... I think we attended the worst talk of Khan. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was actually, it was definitely the worst talk of oh, Khan. It was uh, a somewhat rapper slash artist slash... Uh, entrepreneur so it was actually sold as a really interesting session it was called it was i don't know the actual title of it but it was supposed Gifts, to be the about modern hieroglyphs yeah, yeah it was it was about it was kind of about like the way that we use images in culture to convey a message and so it was kind of meant to take you from the whole hieroglyphs in the ancient world and how we used images then through to sort of the whole now gifs and meme culture and how we've used images and how that sort of speaks on like a I don't know, international, global level, that it's, 
everyone can understand it. And I thought it sounded like a really interesting <laughs> concept for a talk. Yeah, at face value, it sounds great. And then we got there. They had about 30 seconds of content lined up. And yep. then they said, we're just going to have a chat. Okay, cool. They said, and it was we a, thought we would just have a look at the internet. Yeah, it was a it was a rapper guy. It was called Young Jake. And he basically, right. <laughs> in between scrolling through his Facebook, which he did for the majority of the talk, um, you know, he... he he just kind he just of kind talked of, about himself. Well, and... he just kind of stared at the ground. And mm. if anyone can go and find this online, it's kind of worth watching just for the pure farce of it. But um, <laughs> just kind of stared at the ground. He had these dreadlocks which kept falling over his face. I think the most like comical moment was this point where his dreadlocks fell over his face and he was just staring at the ground and he just kept speaking and just didn't do anything about it. And everyone was just like, what? are we mm. watching? This is such a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I think we did actually manage to find probably the worst content session of Khan, which was kind of entertaining. Maybe yeah. least informative, After. but least informative. definitely entertaining is the right word. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it, it was funny at, after. <laughs> in retrospect, hilarious. In retrospect, at the time, I think Miles actually might have nodded off next to me. I did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> little grandpa sleep. And were there any other good ones, like, you know, some gripping ones or? Uh, we went to quite a good talk from the marketing manager of Uber, which was oh, about cool. taking something from a viral brand into sort of a leading product, uh, which was kind of interesting to listen to their story and the way that they have moved through from, yeah, originally being this kind of viral product that they had to literally go into, like when they went into a new city, they would go and sort of knock on doors and ask people, do you want to be a driver? But then at the same time that they were having to get drivers and they were having to get passengers and how they've always sort of weighed that up. And then obviously they've had a few um, issues in the past couple of years in their sort of PR side. Mm. Um, so working out how they're dealing with that and things. It was, yeah, it was really interesting to hear sort of from such a major brand as well. I think just below like kind of the palais where everything happens, there's this kind of like archive room of every entry that gets submitted into the uh, into the awards contest. And I thought going there, and I think I walked around there for about three or four hours on the Friday, you can see what everything's been awarded, bronze, silver, gold, Grand Prix, whatever. That was just unreal. You're seeing every big idea from every country all in one place was mm. very, very cool. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, any hijinks? I know, Caitlin, you reminded me. It was foolish to ask <laughs> that. Did you try to sneak on a yacht? Because oh God, I think I, I to quote you, darling, I was invited. <laughs> um, so what? No, no, uh, no goes at a sorrel selfie or no sorrel selfies. We no. did. Um, we did sort of talk our way into a Facebook party that we weren't meant to be at. Um, but. I think the guy kind of eventually just was like, oh, just go in. These I, think he, I think he gave <laughs> he up. He was like, yeah. these bloody Australians trying to find their way in. And we're just like, oh, no, I swear we were on the list. But um, anyway, it was a great party, so I'm glad we went. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just there was a, there were a lot of parties, which is it's, it's always fun. Villa parties. We, we got onto a yacht, which was pretty surreal. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a pretty crazy world. Um, we also had a beautiful our. Our CEO was also over there at the same time and he took us out for this amazing lunch and we were sort of looking at all the super yachts and everything. So it, it's it's another world. It's crazy. And were there any sort of party highlights as well? Uh, I think the villa pool party was a highlight. Um, that was pretty cool. Mm. When you're just sitting in a... It kind of is one of those moments where you, I was sitting there drinking rosé in a pool in the south of France in this beautiful villa and I'm just like, what? 
here's my life. <laughs> every um, every night finishes from about one or two. Everyone kind of congregates to this place called Gutter Bar, which is literally just a bar in the gutter of a street. Um, that's pretty. That's where it starts to get real kind of weird. Things get strange. Um, that in itself is just a highlight. So I don't know how many specific memories of it I have. Um, but Maybe once we turn the mics off. I yeah. remember feeling really happy while I was there and enjoying my time. So yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to ask you to wrap it by giving your experience of Khan in one sentence. An absolute privilege, and I want to go back. I don't want to copy that, but yeah, basically just that. <laughs> um, such a joy to be there. So much fun. Learned a lot. Um, didn't stop laughing, smiling, enjoying myself the whole week. Yeah. Amazing. Look, Caitlin, Miles, congratulations again on the win here. And, you know, thanks for sharing you know, your experiences with us. It sounds like an amazing time. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Thanks for having us. All right. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course. And I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.